Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Welcome, Dr. Homebrew. Today's going to be a good show. We're going to do, I believe we're doing a commercial calibration of some sort. What, what? And we're going to talk about the right way to fill out a judging score sheet. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to also taste non-alcoholic beers, like six of them back to back, and see which one's the best. You joke, but I have one. <laughs> I have another one to try. Another one. It's a porter. Is one of those I'm still trying I to choke down the first one here. No, <laughs> you don't have to. What's that, Char? Let's. I shouldn't. I, let's just pretend I didn't say yeah. what I just said. Okay, that's good. I appreciate that. That's the kind of humor and jokes that we like on the show. Things, things you, that I things wish things you I can't repeat. Right, things you can't repeat Do you or any light, hear. Uh, any light locale IPAs? Is that you were saying? You were joking. I don't know if you were joking, joking, but you were saying a thing thing before the first show. That's a thing now. There's like yeah, there's like hundred calorie or whatever IPAs out there, like low cal IPAs. It's a thing. Why is it a thing? Just because it needs to be, I guess. Well, you know, I mean, people things swing back and forth. People get tired of drinking. They they sure do. IPAs crept up until well, seven point nine isn't enough anymore. A single IPA must be eight point three, and they're sick of it, and they want to stay kind of sober and drink their beer and enjoy Mm -hmm. it. And still have all that hop flavor. What's the ABV on a 100 cal IPA? It's got to be like four or something. That's not an IPA know. then. But if you can make it taste like an IPA somehow. It's not an IPA. That you can magic it. And That's a set to be like a session IPA. Being 4% and tasting like Pliny somehow? It can't happen. Okay. Pliny the elder or the younger? <clears throat> it can't happen. I can't. Right? I mean, can you admit you're, you are more experienced than I am. If, tell me I'm wrong. Well, it would be hard to get the alcohol flavor, but if you get all the hop flavor and the a kind of a proper balance for it, with maybe some light sweetness substituting for the alcohol, I don't know. I don't know, dude. I, it's unexplored territory for me because I've never had one. You know what you should but I'm do? Intrigued. You should take like some hop pellets and just put them in like a sack and put them in some hot water. Or some cold water and just let that flavor come out and drink it. And it's probably like zero calories. Cold brew. Hop tea, though. I know. I'm being a... I'm just joking. (laughs) Uh, Because people do all kinds of weird shit. It's probably... It's not any weirder than that seltzer nonsense people seem to like these days. Kids these days are their seltzer and their hazy IPAs and their pastry stouts. That's true. But, like, I mean, from from a, a lot of the, like, session or lower ABV IPAs that I've ever had on this show... They usually taste watery. It's impossible. Yeah, it's yeah. impossible. Anything sub five that's trying to be an IPA, it's very hard to get that malt character in there. So maybe yeah. it's not really a new thing. It's just there's a little pullback against everything being yeah, seven probably. and a half, eight percent. Even one no. of my favorite breweries, they make a session IPA. It's like their one beer I don't like, and to me, it's like Alka Seltzer because mm-hmm. it's got it's highly carbonated uh, to the point where it's. Too minerally, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, where it competes with the hops, and you have to do something to kind of. And I think the carbonation lifts the hop flavor and the hop aroma out, which is great. Yeah. But then it's you know I don't want to be drinking Alka Seltzer. That's true. Not 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 too much. Anyway. Not until it's the morning after. 
Uh, all right, Brian Cooper, what are we doing here right now, my friend? Well, we're tasting a beer that Don and I brewed together. Okay. And I tried to judge, um, you know, with an open mind, even though I know what's in there and, and how old it is. Um, but And also, we're going to talk about judging score sheets and all right. how to fill one out. Hell yeah. Well, what's the first beer? Because I don't have a beer here. It's uh, in that little cooler over there. It's in the cooler. We're not even ready today? Oh, my goodness. What is going on? Mr. Always Ready on the Spot Johnny here uh, accuses us of being slackers. Hey, all I was told... have a heater to heat this up a little bit? All I was told to do is start the show, and so I did it. We're we're like like we're scrubbing in right now. We're scrubbing in for our analysis and everything else. I'd like to scrub this show. You don't want any help for you that much. Is that that enough? Perfect. Thank you. It's like I'm washing from my fingertips up to my elbows to be sure I don't contaminate the patient. That's true. This is what we're doing right here. I like how you said scrubbing up, and then you described what it is. That was my favorite part about that. Because I'm a little on the spectrum, and you know, like we've never watched the doctor show on TV. I'm a good doctor. I always make fun of that because Taryn loves that show. I am a good doctor, and I also is that a show? The Good Doctor? Are you, oh, I thought you were making that joke. Well, no, I was making a joke about like any doctor TV show always shows them like scrubbing up to their elbows and oh, then yeah. putting their gloves on and shit. Um, no, there's a show called The Good Doctor. Hmm. And he's an autistic psych surgeon, so it's like house, okay. but he's autistic. And Where so are we going with this? every time yeah. that I uh, every time I walk in and she's she's watching the show, mm. I'm a good doctor because <laughs> it's called the Good Doctor. I'm a he good says doctor. He the name of the show. I, I respect that about him. You yeah. gotta say the name oh. of the show. All right, so the advertise what, on the Brewing Network. Uh, what beer is this? What are we drinking? Talk to me. This is an IPA. Okay, an American IPA. American IPA, brewed by you and Don. We brewed it for uh, the Northern California Homebrewers Festival last year, and they had a... I thought we were doing a commercial calibration. When did that change? It changed. Um, oh, good to know. It's good to know before the show, because I announced it during the show that we were doing a commercial that. calibration. Because you were saying that, okay. and I was like, are we going to have time for that? Because we have that and this and the other thing? I'm up for whatever. No. We can do a commercial calibration as well. No, let's have, let's have an hour and a half show. I said, no, let's go for it, man. No, let's do it. No. Okay, so we've, we've, here late. we've pulled an audible. Now we're doing another homebrew. Yeah. Uh, now the host of the show is on the right page with everybody else. So we, we I feel over. good. No, we can't start over. We've already done this for six minutes, and it's fascinating. It's on the there. Hey, did we thank our sponsor yet? No, because you're fucking with me with this shit. <laughs> this is good podcasting right now. Thank you to Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Come and learn how to damage your co-host's eyes with PBW, hot PBW. No, I don't know. Uh, clean look, people. Don't put hot PBW in your eyes or your co-host's eyes. Yeah, uh, use it to clean kegs. Use it to clean your carboys, and then sanitize those things. You don't don't do everything all at JP, once. It, we, stuff doesn't work. We don't put hot hot PBW in our friend's eyes. We don't. That's not acceptable behavior. I said co-host. <laughs> okay. In other people's eyes. That was a call. That was a callback from the first show when you said, gotcha. the, "Yeah, okay, great." Uh, anyway, Five Star Chemicals. They love you. You love them. They're going to be at NHC in a couple of months here. So go ahead. Speaking of hot Nashville hot chicken, that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to call in sick for the for the floor for Homebrew Con, and I'm just going to eat hot chicken. Are you guys going wow. to Homebrew Con? Yeah. I got to get my tickets and get ready for that. I'm going to CBC. I've told Jay I want to go, and he goes, "Uh huh." So to me, that could be maybe not. I don't know, but I would yeah. like to go. 
Because it's the only way I'm ever going to get to Nashville <laughs> without we're practice. Gonna, we're going to go to Dollywood. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to Dollywood afterwards, Pigeon Forge, and you know, spend like a couple of days doing the Dollywood thing. Yeah. It says, well, as long as we're already in Nashville, it's only like what three hours more. I might yeah. as well do Dollywood at that point. That's right. Yeah, JP, let's get the band back together, man. Mm-hmm. Do we have a Me band? You. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. You remember? No. Four friends and Sam. Okay. Um, uh, all right, well, deep cut. I meant let's form a band. Let's form a band and go to Dollywood. Yeah. All right, so let's let's do this IPA here, fellas. Cooper, why don't you go ahead? Since this is your fault, we're doing oh, this. Sh- why don't you start us off? Okay. So um, we opened the bottle. It had a light hiss. The fill level seemed appropriate, and it was in a bottle without labels on it, which was nice. And um, Aroma-wise, I'm getting a lightly uh, hoppy with a little bit of resiny kind of quality to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, notes of citrus and a bit of some dankness behind that. Moderately, f- uh, moderate fruity esters, uh, clean ale fermentation is apparent. Bready malt behind the hops, uh, but just just the the hops are not like, hey, here's the hops, and uh, you know, hey, here's some malt underneath here. It's like, hey, here's some hops, and then. Hey, here's some malt underneath here. It's kind of almost even. Right. Uh, that's my whole point there. Okay. Lower hop than expected. No DMS or diacetyl. It's cleanly uh, fermented. Seems like mm-hmm. a good good ale. Uh, but yeah, just a little underwhelming on that uh, front. Not super pungent. Uh, Appearance-wise, it's pretty nice. Orangey amber color. Um, you know, the head started low and uh, stuck around for a fair while, but uh, you know, low white head kind of persisted for a little bit and, and faded away. Uh, you can rouse it a little bit. The bubbles cling to the edge of the glass a little bit. And uh, it's got a little bit, of, little bit of some hop haze in there, which is forgivable for an IPA, but I scored it a two out of three for appearance. Um, flavor-wise, hop flavors come out first, but uh, they're accompanied by a fairly high bitterness. Which is also kind of coarse and just a little bit rough to me. The malt is lightly caramelly. Uh, the beer finishes, I would say, semi-dry. Uh, so the one thing that stood out to me, and I kept it, thinking about it, was it has this kind of odd uh, stale orange juice impression. It ha- it, huh. You know, it's not like yep. orange juice, but it's like orange juice that's been sitting in the glass for a couple of hours, and then you drink drink it by accident or whatever. Um, you know, not super sweet in that sense, but it's just like, it's got that, a fruity quality to it that, that sticks out a little high because maybe the, the hops are, uh, too low or have faded perhaps. Um, but I'm not getting any, uh, you know, when I say stale, it's, it's like stale orange, not like a bright fruitiness, but kind of a dulled fruitiness. And I'm not getting any big, uh, any paper or cardboard in here either. So it's, you know, um, the balance is just slightly to the hop. I would like more hop here uh, in the flavor, but it's um, you know it's in IPA territory. It's it's pretty pretty tasty beer and it's cleanly cleanly brewed. So you know not too much wrong here. Just most most of these are fine points. Um, but mouthfeel medium light bodied, uh, a little bit of stringency probably coming from that hop you know edge the bitterness, little little roughness in there uh, bites you in the mouthfeel a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there is some faint warmth in there. It's got some alcohol to it. You can mm-hmm. taste that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel that warming. Uh, medium low CO2. I would say a bit too low. You might want to uh, push that up a little bit, and it could also drive out some of those hop 
uh, aromas and flavors a little better and make it pop a little better. But, uh, you know, it's it's kind of there, not not very uh, smooth or creamy, but not super biting either. It's, um, you know, kind of middle of the road. Uh, yeah, so more, uh, I guess this is leaning more towards the classic IPA territory. It's um, it's clean and it seems well brewed. Um, it doesn't have any. It doesn't seem like have any zany kind of new world hops in it, like the big tropical things that you want. But I know also that I brewed it, and it was brewed to be a tropical IPA. So that's kind of a juxtaposition there. Um, <laughs> okay. But it also is uh, perhaps just a bit past its prime. Um, well, yeah, Equinot. Yeah, I don't know. We used some hops in it that. That we don't normally use when we're brewing our IPAs. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> okay. You made a beer and you put hops in it. Trying a little experimentation beer. there. Yeah. All right. So I guess I'd like uh, to get rid of that odd orange juice flavor. And I think, you know, is my, a my advice thing? to the brewer is don't put orange juice in your beer. It's yeah. a bad thing to do. Right. And it gets stale really fast. So yeah. you don't want to drink that shit. It's bad. Gotcha. No. Uh, there, I'm pretty sure there's no orange juice in this beer unless Don added some to, nope. to mess with Maybe. Me when he was bottling it, but I don't know. Uh, let's see what Brian says. He seems uh, like that kind of guy. I, I gave it a 32. I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty. Pretty. It's. It's not just it's, okay. It's what very, is 32? There we go. Very good. All right. So I'm throwing this question out rhetorically. I don't want us to actually discuss this, but you know how people talk about making like maple syrup beers, and instead of water, they'll put in like freaking 10 gallons of maple syrup and it's uh for making like an imperial stout or stuff like that right i wonder if you made a beer with orange juice instead of water it'd probably be a remarkably bad idea it's gonna fuck up your ph everything about it's gonna be wrong yeah but like i wonder if that would just make it like ooh uh, citrusy or if it would be just a shit show that you would not want to drink i'm guessing the latter yeah. 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 All right. Uh, listeners, if any of you make an Agreed. orange juice beer, make a gallon. What the hell? Uh, if it's That's awesome, right. uh, send it in. If it's awful, send it in. Just tell us all about that. I'm, I'm just making stuff up on the fly at this point. Uh, all right. Uh, American IPA. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Brian's like cracking up in the corner, and I, I, I can't not react to that. American IPA, I got prominent citrus and tropical uh, aroma. There right? we go. You just there mentioned we go. you wanted to make a tropical IPA. Got Thank tropical you. fruit, oh, man. a hop aroma. Uh, got some orange and lime uh, in there, predominant, but definitely some tropical fruit and other things in there, too. Uh, no fruitiness from fermentation. It's a very different kind of uh, estery fruitiness that you get from high-temperature fermentation than you get from, from hop character. Uh, no off aromas. Didn't get really any malt or alcohol, but that's all these things are what you want from an IPA. IPA can have a little malt, but this is not 1998 <coughs> where you need to have like a balanced malt and hop aroma to have an IPA. Uh, styles change, things change. 9 out of 12. Appearance 3 out of 3 is crystal clear. West Coast all the way, baby. West Side. Uh, I'm, I'm way too, I'm sorry, I'm way too old and white to say shit like that, so let's <laughs> pretend. Uh, that I didn't say that, and I will commit not to saying that again. Uh, head is medium and persistent. Uh, colors medium gold. Uh, yeah, three out of three. Flavor. This is how malleable flavor is, as uh, how suggestible it is. I didn't think this until you mentioned orange juice, and then I had a sip, 
and I could not get that freaking Tropicana orange juice out of my mind. Not I mean, specifically Tropicana. Yeah. If, if you remember being seven, or if you have a seven-year-old or a five-year-old or whatever, yeah. the Tropicana is the the total... I can't even read what you're holding up there, Brian. It's, yeah, Brian, this is bad radio. What are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. So uh, we'll do that later. You're distracting. Trying to make people laugh. You're distracting uh, the other Brian. <laughs> so Tropicana <clears throat> is that orange juice that is a very distinctly artificial, right? There's nothing okay. natural about Tropicana. It's like sweet, and it has some kind of orange flavor or whatever. And I had a sip, and I'm like, artificial oh, my tasting. God, this is Tropicana orange juice. Uh, and it doesn't really change. I still think it's a really good flavor, but I, I can't get that out of my head now while I'm drinking it. I thought it had a very orange character anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, initially, to me, the, it's a surprising balance of kind of a malt sweetness and uh, some floral citrus hop, but really more, more citrusy, more orangey. Uh, and it's not under-attenuated. Uh, it's a very well-attenuated beer, uh, but the character that I, I get is almost... We've talked about like you know '90s uh, style IPAs uh, with this. You know, a lot of IPAs you would get, you know, 2000-ish, would be almost a little sweet in the front, not from under attenuation, but from malt. Yeah, to kind of balance out the bitterness. And I definitely got that here. Uh, this high hop flavor, definitely orange, citrus, some tropical fruit, high bitterness. But not to the point where it rips your tongue off. Uh, definitely balances the uh, the, the, the malt, uh, and the finish is long-lasting. Uh, uh, balanced between bitterness and uh, hop flavor and malt. Uh, no esters or off flavors. Give it fourteen out of twenty for for flavor. Mouthfeel five out of five. Everything Brian said. Uh, overall impression eight out of ten. That was very clean and well-made beer. Yeah. Uh, no off aromas. No off flavors. Uh, there's this weird Tropicana orange juice thing. Which, uh, and I, I'm wondering, we were t- sort of talking uh, after I'd written the score sheet kind of off air, that maybe that sweetness that I'm getting up front might be a little bit of oxidation, uh, given the age of this. The notes that I had had is if you're mashing, maybe take a look at your malt bill and see if there's something like a honey malt or something that has unfermentables or some very distinct character to it that might be providing a perception of sweetness while still having high attenuation. But I, I suspect that maybe what's really happening here is maybe a little bit of oxidation that I'm perceiving as some sweetness, almost a slight honey-type character mm-hmm. up front. Yeah. So I, uh, overall, 39. May okay. I um, argue with you on mouthfeel? <laughs> the, you gave it a 5 out of 5 Dude, for I, mouthfeel? I said, I said that I totally agree with what you said for mouthfeel. I gave it a 5 out of 5. I gave it a 3 out of 5. So what were you? Maybe I I was I got a little bit of alcohol. It's, carbonation was maybe a little low. Yeah, I was generous yeah. about the carbonation, but uh, I tend to be generous about carbonation was, because it's tough to carbonate yeah, in, at it, a home. The carbonation level. was low, and it had a bit of uh, astringency to it. It had a little astringent bite from the the hops that are kind of the the rough bitterness in there. I, I don't, is I don't get astringency to me. And I don't. Get, okay. I mean, I, I get like not a like lot an of over over sparge kind of astringency, but right. just more like a. Rough bitterness, kind of harshness. I guess it's an interesting point because this is a, a good discussion. Not to digress for twenty minutes about yeah. this. I mean, it's I know a good, bitterness di- is a, a flavor. It's a good discussion so. about what is astringency. Yeah, I agree with you. The bitterness is high. There's maybe a little bit of a rough edge. I don't think it's maybe as rough as you think it is. Uh, in in my perception, but to me, astringency is that very specific, uh, uh, you know, over sparging. 
you know, grapeseed, oh my God, my mm-hmm. mouth is going to fall apart type of thing. And if it's a rough bitterness, that's a flavor issue, and it's not a mouthfeel issue. Well, right, that's how the, I was always taught. The guidelines also call out no harsh hop-derived astringency. That You don't yeah. want that in your IPA, and it's going to detract from it. So to me, this has that. And this a is little bit, the, not a whole uh, lot, but it's just it's yeah. there. It's kind of like, oh, there's a little bit of that hop-derived. I hear you. I, I hear you. Biting your mouthfeel. It's an example of how the guidelines... And I, I don't mean to, for a second, put down anyone that put those it's a, amazing amount of work that They're went into that. Doing God's work. Uh, <laughs> but like, like any document, there's always a few things that are unclear or a little, you know, maybe inconsistent. Right. And we're always taught as judges, you know, astringency is not a flavor. Uh, flavor goes in flavor. If it's astringent, it goes in mouthfeel. And then the guidelines right. say something about hop-derived astringency. It's like, guys, come on. Uh, so little, and it's it's impossible to write a freaking sixty-page document and not have hops, a few things like the, that. The, the astringency is derived from the hops and not from oversparging of the malt. Sometimes, yeah. I, but also yeah. you know then then you look at the score sheet and like it calls for you know commenting on the the finish under flavor, which to me is almost kind of a mouthfeel thing too. How dry does it finish? Well, that is dry a flavor. Is you know, I mean, sweet is a flavor, but is dry a flavor? But you know, I, don't I, know. I, I get that you're, I get really that you're not trying to over overscore yeah. your your beer that you were a co brewer of. So, I, I I get that you're you know, kind of knocking a few points off, and I'm lifting. I'm, I'm you're you're putting yourself yeah. down. I'm lifting you up. Well, th- thank you. You landed at a what? Uh, Thirty nine. Are you off your rocker, sir? I'm insane, but is it? I've been doing this show for how glad, long, and are you just you now figuring it. this out? Yeah, this is not a 39 beer. This is like a 36 beer. Yeah, okay. it's I'm, like was, it's like grapefruit pithy. JP splits the upright. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was probably a little Place generous with this. Yeah, you were it's feeling okay. good. Yeah. Well, he wasn't. We usually he was, kick the kick their asses out of here when we're judging yeah, the beer, but I, yeah, I the, the MDMA hadn't left Brian's system entirely. <laughs> like, I love this beer. <laughs> this shit's hella good. I'm not. Sure. Is that a thing that you would want to consume while you're drinking beer? I'm oh, not I have sure no idea. That would be a good idea. I know, I Brian. Know, but it's don't take everything literally. I know, but it's uh, right. yes. It's uh, just theater for the mind. It's, it's the, the LSD that really makes you uh, not drink, uh, taste the beer. There right. we go. So, uh, no, I, I was a little generous, but I, I don't. I think it's better than a thirty-two. Well, thank you. I think it's better than thirty-two, also barely. Yeah. Where do you think it is, Don? You're you're practically a beer judge. Uh, yeah, oh, come on. You're um, some guy. And we should talk about the recipe a little bit too. Sure. Yeah, um, briefly though, because we honestly are running up against the break. So we'll do this other stuff real quick. Don, let's yeah, go. I, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone think, poked uh, on. 34, 35. Okay. Like okay, cool. Let's call it 35 until it's closer to me, and then I feel vindicated. So let's say 35. What malts and hops do we put in this bitch? So, um... You just called Don a bitch? <laughs> no. Call the beer a bitch. Not. Okay, there's no comma. <laughs> Got it, all right. Not in the air, anyway. No, no. <laughs> um, Marisada, 11 pounds. Uh, this is a little seven-pound batch. Seven-gallon. Uh, seven, sorry. Seven-gallon. Thank you. <laughs> all good? Batch. Um, flake dose, two and a half pounds. Uh, Vienna malt, nine ounces. Crystal 40, eight ounces. Uh, I think sugar. we're up to the sugar. Did we? Oh, um, maybe because that's your writing ounces? and not mine. So I can't read it. We started with 12 <laughs> and then we like, let's go 16 because our gravity was low and we wanted right. to up it or something. Yep. And then uh, Munich, three ounces. Why Crystal 40? 
Brian has to answer that. It was pretty much his recipe. So give it some caramelly, classic IPA kind of okay. you know, caramelly flavors. I definitely, there's there's a little caramel in there, and that's maybe some of that upfront sweetness that I get, which is maybe out of proportion to the very small amount of the caramel malt you put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of like leans, it harkens back to the classic IPA recipes mm-hmm. that always had a little caramel malt in them. And, right. You know, I, I still use that. I, I feel weird using too much just just munich or just other malts i don't know i, I always like to have a little bit of a little bit of crystal malt in my ipas that's okay. good gives just, it I'm a nice asking. color yeah. i'm just asking i'm not judging i'm just asking well you're supposed to be judging well, that's the point of the show well. brian okay, okay. I'll, I'll judge after you tell me why uh, so hops, the show. Yeah. what do we got with hops there hops uh magnum uh half an ounce magnum 60 minutes uh 1.5 citra 5 uh, one, what is that hop? Equinot. Equinot. Thank you. Equinot. Five minutes. Uh, two ounces of mosaic. Five minutes. Then dry hops. Two ounces citra. Uh, one ounce of uh, equinot. equinot. Two, uh, two of mosaic. And then we actually did a second dry hop because really the hop flavor or hop aroma wasn't coming out in the mm-hmm. in the beer. So we did another uh, ounce of citra, ounce of mosaic, and two point three galaxy. Do you remember okay. how did that galaxy smell? Sometimes I like, um, I really liked, I, I had a beer that was all galaxy at Cellar Maker in San Francisco, and it was amazing, and it was hazy and weird, but it was just like, wow. Hmm. And um, I, I liked the character of that, you know, in the hazy. I thought, well, this would be good with our, our yeah. tropical IPA. Let's mix that in and just see what happens. You know, it needs some a little more zing to it. But it, it never quite got that zing we wanted. It was there, it was there, and it was good when yeah. it was fresh. Yeah, um, it was pretty good when it was fresh. But uh, it's faded a little bit since uh, you know. Well, it was brewed uh, uh, July twentieth of last year. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, kegged it's, it's in August kind of a, and reaching its uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, still very drinkable. Geriatric yeah. moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, well, well done, well, I love guys. It. I, I enjoyed it. Was yeah, it Chico, for sure. Sharing. Chico Ale yeast, or what did we do there? You know, uh, we got that yeast from a local brewery. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, and I have no idea what the yeast was, actually. I think it was from Shadow it Puppet. Was, no, I think it, it might have been the uh, um, the Lund- uh, Was it um, the, the 1968? Somehow it did not get written down. Okay. It could have been. That'll happen, boys. We while we were brewing. Right. Yeah, were you, were you drinking? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, mm. that'll happen. There might have been some drinking involved. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for sharing. Appreciate that thanks very for much, you guys. Us on the show. Um, for we'll sure. To brew better next time. Please do. <laughs> Please do. Now that Keith is gone, you need someone to mess up. Someone else to mess up now. For sure. Mm. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a fast break, everybody, and we'll be right back talking about score sheet judging, how to write them properly, because whatever you're doing, it's probably wrong. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Now count backwards from 100. 99, 98, that's it. 97, 96, 95. Now back to Dr. All right, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. So, if you're here still, if you haven't left yet, which I wouldn't blame you because, you know, not everybody's 
into this deep of judging kind of things. But if you're still around, I'm assuming that you're interested in how to properly fill out a score sheet, or maybe even you just want to get some insight into how score sheets are filled out so you're not as angry as I used to be whenever I would get the score sheets back. No, I don't understand any of this. This wasn't even my beer. So... Here to help us with that is uh, two people you may have never heard of, Brian Cooper and Brian Sharp. Hello. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm putting on my 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 Dave Techham hat right now because uh, he's <laughs> my my judging mentor and he helps me teach the uh, beer judging one on class uh, that we do every year uh, and sometimes more than once a year. And he's um, a super nice guy for as a part of SF Beer Week. Yes, yeah, super nice guy. Yeah. And uh, so we did a bottle taps this year. We had a really good, enthusiastic crowd. Uh, bottle taps in Pleasanton, and it was it was fun. You know, like they're always just chiming in with things. There's no wrong answer when you're in a beer judging class with Dave. Like you just call something out. Like I taste baby diaper. I oh, taste what you know whatever. Like it's like oh the you know, and then maybe someone else is getting the same thing, and they were just like the head on the tip of their brain. Put put those uh, you know neurons together and 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 get some people on the same wavelength in there. But um, we've brought up a lot of judges over the years in the Bay Area, and 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 maybe they some of them moved beyond and inspired others by now. But uh, you know when I when I think about filling out a, a score sheet, the first thing I think about is doing it completely so that you're not leaving something important out. Not you're not going to not comment on the hops in the nose of a beer, even when it's a non-hoppy style, like a Vienna lager. You're going to comment on the, yeah. what kind of hops are in there. And if there's no hops, yeah, you're going to say no hops. Yeah. And no is not a wrong answer. No. Some styles, aren't, you don't expect to have hop aroma in the aroma. It should, it should, they should be malt only. That's right. Right. So what, uh, you know, everybody can download the, the current version of the beer score sheet from the BJCP. BJCP.org. You know, first you put your, your name. Uh, if you have a, 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 a judge ID, you put that in there in your email. And your your rank, there's a lot of different ranks. It encompasses a lot of things. You can be, uh, you know, rank pending. You just took the exam. You can Double judge, secret master. Beer. You can have non-BGCP right. qualifications. And Cicerones can fill out score sheets. No problem, you know, and they have different ranks of those now. Uh, you can have had sensory training, um, you know. A lot of different things. So, you know, you don't just have to be BJCP certified to fill one of these things out. That's correct. Down the along cops the left side, will not be called on you. Of course not, no. Well, mostly. Down along the left side, they have uh, descriptor definitions. Mark all that apply. And this, um, you know, a distinction that is made on, on the left side, you know, it's acetaldehyde, alcoholic, astringent. You should um, check those even if they're appropriate for the style and it's there. You should check those. It's like, okay, it's a, you know, it's a sulfury beer. It's a lager that has, a, you know, it can have a bit of sulfur. Okay, yeah, it does have a little bit of that, uh, and you can check that. And, and if you want to write light next to it, you can do something like that, too, or whatever the level is, or heavy, or, you know, and or you know, it's only you know in the Brian, nose or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what, Brian, that list to me on the left is like a built-in cheat sheet yeah. for this, whether you're judging or taking the exam. Because some you can kind of freak out a little bit and not know. Oh my God, I'm I'm smelling this thing. I'm tasting this thing. What is it? Yeah. And it's take a take a breath for two seconds. Yeah. Look at look at this list of descriptor definitions, and it's got pretty much it hits the highlights of the major things, good and bad, you're going to taste in a beer, and just take a moment 
to look at it. You know, I'm also the guy that always forgets to X, X the thing. Yeah. I got to remember, you know, take a moment, look at the list. Is anything that I wrote one of these things I need to check off? It's just, it's a nice list to have. It's really helpful to me, at least. That is probably one, actually for me, too, one of the biggest things that I forget to check off if I put sulfur in the aroma, and I, I don't check it over there automatically, and I should. And for good completeness, if you're taking the exam especially, yes, you want to you know check those boxes where something stands out in a beer, you should check it, whether yes. if it's appropriate for the beer or not. And in the comments section, you can uh, you know mark whether it's appropriate or not. Of course, you also you know kind of run out of time for you know time and um, you know space for words to write. Like, can I comment on whether the hop is appropriate and the malt is appropriate and the this and that and the esters and that? You know, you can't do everything, so you have to kind of focus first on the big picture stuff and always think how much and what kind. That's the biggest point on these yes. things when you're commenting. Excellent um, point. That's a great way to put that under these headings. But but first, you know, of course, you write the category and subcategory. If there's an entry number, you're judging a competition, you write that out, spell out the subcategory, and any special ingredients that are declared. I, so really first, love, yeah. I don't want to dwell on that, but I really love how you put that, that how much and what kind is like five words that you can remember, and those are such key things to remember writing a score sheet. It's the guiding light. It's like nine-tenths of the way to getting, like, if you do that well, you'll be writing a good score sheets and, and getting a good score on the exam if you choose to take it. I think you're getting um, a gold star from the AMA for that, ding, ding, that little thing right there. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing you do is you inspect the bottle. You know, you're going down the right side now, of the you know, fill in the category, et cetera. Inspect the bottle. Make you know, is there any scuzz on there? Is there something in the bottom? Does it look bottle condition? You can shine a flashlight through it if you want. Look at the bottom of the bottle. See what's there. How high is the fill? Is it like you know, a quarter of an inch from the top, or is it like you know, two inches hanging down? You know, you or is it just right? You know, like three quarters of an inch or above. Hey, you know, uh, note that and and you know, give some forgiveness. It you know, it can you can have a a bad fill and you can't just automatically assume the beer is going to be tasting horrible you can have a super overfilled beer like right up to the top and it could be just fine you never know right and the bottle fill doesn't count for points at all but yeah. the interesting thing about bottle fill and you know for those of you that like to enter competitions thing to keep in mind uh one of the things that experienced judges will look at is you know, there's kind of a standard level of fill if it's all the way up to the top people will note oh this person really made sure that you know, he or she got that beer right up to the cap. Mm-hmm. If it's way low, you'll look, okay, it's way low. Either way, it's probably okay. The thing that you're going to look for and be very wary of is the ring around the liquid. Yeah. And the ring around the bottleneck is usually a symptom of infection. And a ring around the bottle often means, I'm going to stand back and put this in a bucket and try to... Open this very carefully because this might explode. You could have a gusher on your yes. hands. Yeah. yeah. So it's the, the bottle fill, it doesn't count for any points, but it's very, from a presentation standpoint, it really sets the stage for what an experienced judge expects from that beer. Right. Yeah. And anything unusual about the bottle, if there's, like, oh, they, the bottle had a, it's a <laughs> crown cap bottle, but they put a cork in it or anything. It's like, Somebody this passed the inspection somehow or whatever random you know <laughs> you see really random weird stuff like embossed lettering on the bottle that's not supposed to be in a competition or but. or a bottle cap that's like weird color or yeah. something and technically these things are disqualifiable offenses. I am not sure I've ever seen anybody get DQ'd in a comp in fifteen plus years of judging, but you're running a risk and it's kind of a 
you know, if, if you just happen to have weird ass, you know, U.S. flag bottle caps, and that's all you got. Just better to use them than not enter. But if that's a thing, like everyone in your everyone in your area knows, oh, uh, Brian always puts yeah. these caps on. That's kind of a. Dick I remember thing being to do. paranoid when yeah. I first entered competitions too, and I was like, oh man. Um, well, I like the oxy caps, you know, to you know make sure I'm removing oxygen mm-hmm. from the headspace, etc. And and they all say oxy cap on the side. Mm-hmm. Isn't that printed lettering? And then there's nothing specific in these rules. And the first time I entered a competition, I was like, "Is this okay?" And I asked the competition organizer, oh, "Yeah, that's fine." And then when I organized a competition, I made sure to write all that stuff in. You know, so you know. Mm-hmm. Pre-printed beer uh, caps with such, such as oxy cap on the side are acceptable. Yeah, the thing with like know. the ox, oxy cap is more like the air bud <laughs> rules. Uh, yeah. so that's more okay. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yes. Um, no, this, this is all part of the discussion we're having. Actually, it's yeah, not a digression. It's, that's right. It's it's important, and uh, you know, if you do ever have a question about a, 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 if you're judging a competition, it's important to make sure that somebody's not cheating and their buddy's sitting at the table with you and rating it a forty, and it's actually a twenty five point beer, and you should ask the you know uh, the organizer is this is this cap okay like this like somebody put a really distinct cap on here, um, you know, is this acceptable? Yeah, but right. yeah, just regular. Colors are fine, you know, blue, gold, silver, black, whatever. whatever. And if you have a, a cap with some writing on it, you can always black it out as an entrant. You can always just black it out with magic yeah. marker, and usually it's indiscernible. Exactly. Um, yeah, so getting into aroma, I mean, you hear us comment all the time. We comment on the malt, we comment on the hops, comment on the esters, and other aromatics. And this is just, it's written right there for you. Mm-hmm. For the malt, you want to say what kind and how much for the hops. You want to say what kind of how much, and not just the main thing that's sticking out. Oh, it's a citrusy hop at a high level. Well, what's behind that citrus? Is there a dankness, a resininess, a pininess? And what kind of citrus? And, is it? Yeah, is it orange? Specific, is it lemon? Specifics. Is it lime? You yeah. know, can you identify that? And you mentioned, you know, my our my friend Kevin Pratt. I'm sure you you got you know Kevin. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, Kevin told me you know, ten plus years ago, and it was extremely helpful. Uh, Kevin's an amazing judge, grandmaster, you know, whatever at this point. Uh, and he had said, "Look, they tell you right on the score sheet. Here's the thing: describe, uh, comment on malt, hops, esters, and other aromatics." Well, mm-hmm. it's right there in front of you. Comment on malt, hops, and esters. Whether are they there? At what level? What do you smell? Uh, and that was. Believe it or not, that was actually really helpful to me when I yeah. was just a, a newbie judge because I wasn't really sure about any of this stuff. And when he was like, dude, it's right there on the sheet. It's telling yeah. you what they're just asking Just read the for. sheet. Yeah. That was really good to know. And that was some of the best advice. He gave me the exact same advice, too. Yeah. I said, Kevin, what's, you know, and he helped teach some of our earlier beer judging classes in the Mad Zymergists. And, he, and I'm like, well, what's the difference? You know, I'd taken the exam and I scored, you know, fair to middle in it. I got my, I got past it, got it, okay. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, what's the difference? I want to, I'm going to take retake the, uh, the, you know, the judging exam. And uh, what do I need to do to get, um, you know, a 90 as opposed to a 75? And uh, he's like, well, look at, you know, make sure you're coming on everything. Do it completely. Yeah. And other aromatics. Look at every section. There's other yes. aromatics in the appearance. Don't forget to comment on the texture of the head. All these details are listed there for you. Mm-hmm. Other flavor c- characteristics under flavor and other palate sensations. That's kind of a hard one, but there are some. You know, sometimes you can have some pain from beer. So, you know, there's, there's certain qualities that you can, can get. Um, Hopefully you shouldn't have much pain unless you drop like a six-pack on your <laughs> a foot. Chili, but, a chili uh, beer yeah. or something, for example. It's exactly. Like it, yeah, it that, that burns can be your tongue. You get a pain sensation. That's not... <laughs> 
it's not always, you know, but or or slickness from diacetyl, for example, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So, and that opened my eyes, and I was able to write a more complete score sheet at that point. Exactly. Uh, after a lot of practice. <laughs> so, yeah, appearance-wise, uh, I guess, we, did we cover aroma, malt, hops, esters, other aromatics? Don't forget esters. That's an easy one to forget, because are they light, medium, high? Are they kind of general fruity esters, or is there a specific kind of fruit that's coming out? And do they seem to be a hop, or do they seem to be uh, yeast-derived, or are they something that's coming out from a malt, like a you have a double, and you're getting a big cherry or a big, you know, some some fruity raisiny richness in there. It's like, well, that seems to be a malt-derived raisiny ester in there. You, that's a great comment, you know, at a medium level. <clears throat> be specific, and, uh, and you know, list... The things that jump out first and then the subtle undertones as well and um you know for for other under aroma characteristics what what pratt told me was just you know no no dms or diacetyl if it doesn't have that or, or yep. acid aldehyde like the, the big two or three off yeah. off aromas are they there and write about it if they're not so yeah no dms no diacetyl no off aromas yeah. and don't forget alcohol don't just read this okay i comment no on malt hops esters well, you're drinking a big boozy barley wine. Are you going to comment on the alcohol? Yeah, huh? You're going to comment on that because it's not going to be complete if you don't. Yeah. Well, and and you know when I took the test and did the classes uh, with Techum, Dave Techum, one of the things that helped me out was you comment on it to style. Don't forget you're right. you're not you're not yes. sitting there picking flaws. You're you're comparing this to the written document of the styles. Yeah. So if something is there. That's fine to note it, and you know note it. But is it to style or not? Yeah, that's some, what some that's what the brewer's looking for, great, right? Yeah, exactly. Is this grapefruit pith to style or not? Well, right. not in a porter. So if you taste it, <laughs> then put grapefruit pithy, not to style, because that's really the feedback that homebrewers are looking for. Right on. Right. You know. Yeah, and you, yeah, you don't want to be just a fault finder because that's not a fun score sheet to read. Yeah, it's like oh well, that's. It's fine. And for this the is most bad. Part, and this but, is bad. And this is bad too. And I don't like this. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, if it is really bad, then it should be a thirteen-point beer, and it's okay. Sorry, you know, you you missed everything, and it's this not to style, and it's got all these defects. But you know, you should if there are defects there, you should note the levels of it: light, diacetyl, or you know, et cetera. Where are we at right now? Um, so, and and also, don't forget to write clearly and legibly because you're, you're not writing it for yourself. You're writing it for someone that's going to take it home and read it, and uh, hopefully try to brew the beer better the next time. And I feel the quality of homebrew has improved so much over the years as we get, uh, you know, as you judge competitions, you taste beers that are like right on par and better sometimes than the stuff you get commercially, and that's oh great. man, I haven't I haven't judged a beer as a thirteen for no. probably seven or eight years. And that was not unusual in 03, 04, 05 mm-hmm. to have more than one 13-point beer in a competition or in the first round. Of somebody a was honestly comp. trying to figure out what they did wrong, and you yeah. can help them. But, yeah, that's it's it's a lot rarer now, and there's it's you're splitting hairs. And like, so this is a 35, this one's a 39 or a 40-something. Right. You know, yeah. Then uh, you still get the, the 20s and sometimes the teens, but, you know, it's less and less. People Exactly. There's a lot of good information out yeah. there. What, uh, where are we at right now, Brian? Appearance. Don't forget to comment on the color and be specific. Is it orange? We're you know? still on appearance. We yeah. got 10 minutes left in the show. Okay. We'll yeah. move faster. Hold on. Let me, I, I, that's what I'm trying, I'm trying to ask you. Let me take a break real fast because you still have to do one more break and then we'll come back and let's try to mosey right, on through that. the complete. Yeah. All right. So hang on, everybody. We'll be right back. Talk to 
Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S Draft.com. Everybody, thanks for sticking around. We're gonna wrap up this uh, BJCP score sheet. BJCP, yeah, that's what I said. BJCP. That is, I, I, so for me, sometimes it's a hard thing to say. Well, I, I, I BJCP. apparently I said it correctly, but I, I, I didn't think I did in my head. If you say it fast, it's like yeah. a twister. BJCP. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we're on appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go through this really logically and clearly and quickly because. Um, it's really not that hard. Just follow the cues. It tells you to comment on the color. Is it, you know, what, what specific color is it? And are there, any, are there any, like, highlights behind it? Is it, like, an orangey amber or is it a reddish amber or is it a et cetera? The clarity, is it lightly hazy or, you know, murky? Can't see it. For a dark beer, you want to look at the corners and see if you can even see through the corners. Because it can be clear but almost opaque because of the darkness. The head, you want to make sure you comment on the retention, which is how long it lasts. Uh, the color of that head, which is different from the beer. Sometimes you have a dark beer with a really light-colored head. And just what's there? Is it cream-colored, beige, white, eggshell, you know, tan, dark tan? And the texture of the head. You know, there's like creamy, mousse-like, frothy, large, small bubbles. You know, there, it's easy to talk about head texture because there's so many different variations of that. And, you know, hoppy beers will be different from malty beers sometimes and just the way they... They, the head forms and, and mm-hmm. uh, beers with a lot of protein will be thick and creamy. And depending on the size mm-hmm. of the protein chains, there's all all kinds of different variations you can comment on. Yeah, exactly. And I think appearance, I, I find it hard to 
think about what to write for this sometimes, and all the things Brian was talking about are helpful. I like to think there's three lines, there's three things you're talking about, try to fill up essentially one line for each one. And when it comes to head, you know, persistence and size, you know, it doesn't mean it has to be an inch thick for half right. an hour. Persistence means you have some uh, some bubbles even on the edge mm-hmm. for you know, 10, 15 minutes. So yeah. that's a topic for another day. It doesn't just go to a flat but, uh, top. In terms of what we're doing there. right now for writing a score yeah. sheet, three lines, three things, there's enough details, you can write them down. Exactly. And score-wise, I tend to give one point for color, one for clarity, and one for head. If one is off, Pretty much I'll take away that, a point. So I think. That's, that's a good rule of thumb there. And mm-hmm. I realized, I think I sounded like I was shitting on you with that, but I, <laughs> no, I no, didn't not mean at that at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, and flavor wise, you know, you want to comment on the malt. There's malt in every beer. There's hops in every beer. You want to comment on the hops and what you know the fermentation was it an ale or a lager? Is it expected to be, or is it a hybrid? What is it? What is the beer? And you know, it, did they do that fermentation properly, or are there weird characters sticking out that are related to the fermentation? You know, that super estuary beer, or you know, something you know diastole that came out in the fermentation. Balance usually talking about malt versus hops, but it can also be, you know, if it's a beer that's very yeast influenced, it could be the yeast to something else. So don't just think about it as malt versus hops, but other things can come into play too and, and affect the overall balance. Make a little comment about the balance of the beer. The finish is always just how dry or um, sweet it is in the very end. You know, how does it dry off your tongue or stick around with sweetness? And then, and, and I, have, I have maybe a little different perspective. I, I totally agree with you, but also like, how long is it? How long is it? Yeah. Like, when you take a sip, does it fall off a cliff, and it's like you yeah. never drank it, or does it last for like a minute afterwards? And that's right. part of that length and how balanced is that in the length? And I'm, when I'm grading score sheets in a you know in an exam set, a lot of people will confuse aftertaste with finish, but they're two completely different things. You know, aftertaste yes. is flavors that linger into the aftertaste what what's sticking around the longest and sometimes you know it's like oh, okay i get this big you know maltiness up front but then this this hop lingers in the aftertaste and whatever mm-hmm. you know whatever flavor it is mm-hmm. and, and then, whatever you call it write about it yeah and then you're you know it calls out other flavors you know other flavor characteristics one don't ever forget to comment about the bitterness that mm-hmm. is a component component of most beers that you know. Uh, there are very few beers that don't have any bitterness, <laughs> and um, you know, comment on that. And then other can also be you know, is there DMS, diacetyl, uh, etc. So esters, you know, phenolics. Um, those kind of tie in with fermentation characteristics as well. So, but uh, you know, there's a lot of others you can do. There's soy sauce, whatever you know, whatever. Um, so going on to you know flavor, you just be creative and, and describe what you're getting first, and then subtle undertones next, and you know always how much and what kind. Um, then getting into you know and don't make any assumptions. Don't don't call out specific ingredients if you can avoid it. Like don't assume anyone's really, mashed versus using extract. Yeah, never make never yeah. assume anything. Um, that's a big thing. Uh, mouthfeel. This one's pretty easy. It's all right there for you. Comment on the body. Is it full body? Is it light body? Is it watery or syrupy? Basically, think of it as you know the spectrum between molasses and pure water uh, or alcohol, which is actually lighter than water. Um, carbonation. Is it high, medium, low, medium, high, etc.? Warmth. Warmth is from alcohol. You feel a warmth going down your throat as you drink a really boot, you know, thick 
10% beer, yeah. it goes down your throat and you feel that warmth. It, your mouthfeel is maybe the hardest concept to understand. It's not easy, but it's not anything to do with flavor. It's not anything to do with aroma. It's just how does the beer feel in your mouth? Yeah. Is it creamy and silky like a good oatmeal stout should be? You know, is it astringent and biting like that hop astringency we were talking about? You know, it's like, but usually astringency comes from over sparging and like you, then you get to the overall impression where you tell them how to fix that. And, um, you know, other, you know, other is a thing uh, you can, you can say it's smooth and silky or it's, is it biting? Does it have a carbonic bite to it? Sometimes you get a light lager. A bite, you know, carbonic quality. CO2 is an acid. It, it get, actually stings your tongue a yes. little bit, and we get a really super carbonated beer. Uh, beer can be crisp, like a nice, you know, a pils or a good uh, uh, a kolsch. It can be slick if there's diacetyl present. So there's a lot of different others you can comment on. Sometimes they're not there, and, you know, you just kind of go through it and, and get through it there. But, um, <laughs> I, I even we were listening to the show on the way up, and uh, Warren actually said mm. Spear has it was he was talking about Rich's uh, 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 Vienna Lager. He said, mm-hmm, yeah, nice carbonation. Well, that doesn't tell me much. No, ni- nice is uh, the David Techum is coming on me. Nice now. is like, not a descriptor. Nice. It's high, low, medium, none. You know, How whatever. Much? Nice does not convey any mm-hmm. information. And is it to style? Right. Right. And yeah. And you should always just comment. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's uh, why Warren sucks. Yeah. This is a highly carbonated beer. We've established that. Okay, we're drinking a mild. Is it supposed to be highly carbonated? No, you should right. say that. Well, you know, mouthfeel mouth to me out. is one of the hardest things to write about. I think just like what you were saying, this is a, a, a place in the score sheet where I think it's important to use that you know, no, low, medium, high, right? In in terms of these yeah. things, but there's a whole universe between creaminess and astringency. Right, because right. like an IPA is not an oatmeal stout; it's not creamy, mm. yeah. but it's not astringent either. So think, you know, think about words like you know, it's perky, it's prickly, it's whatever. You know, read you know, if, you're, if you're taking the exam or you're serious about getting better. You know, taking the exam or judging, read Zymergy. Mm-hmm. Every month they have the commercial calibration. You've got, you know, four Those grand masters. Those are good judges, yeah. Yeah, you got, like, yeah, as opposed to us guys. You know, you have, like, four grandmaster plus, you know, X, you know, double secret grandmaster folks, Gordon uh-huh. and three other people. And they are, it's really kind of invaluable, especially if you're trying to write the exam as you're advancing in ranks. Or if you want to get better just judging. Things that you have a problem with, for me, it was mouthfeel. It was helpful to me to go back and look at, what are these people writing about mouthfeel, and how are they writing it? Uh, it would help me think about it when I was judging. Otherwise, like, uh, carbonation, uh, low, uh, right. it's not creamy, it's not astringent. But, yeah, the, the thing that's I, – I was saying earlier, do what the score sheet says. This is the one place where I think it kind of leaves out – you know, a lot of beers aren't creamy, but that's fine for their yeah. style. A lot of beers, you know, they should be perky or whatever. Yeah. But just write about it. Write about whatever it is. And that's in general, not just mouthfeel. But whatever you taste, I don't, whatever the person sitting across the table from you says or whatever, if you taste it or you perceive it, write it down. It's not wrong to you. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Exactly. And, and that's I agree. actually how you get confidence yeah. to advance. So yeah. the, I think part of the point of that is you don't want to be too robotic in writing your score sheets. I comment on this, this, mm-hmm. this, 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 this. The, ma- the carbonation the is low. And the reading, warmth is yeah. not present. Yes. Reading those score sheets in Zymergy is 
kind of they it's an exercise in efficiency and writing with fewer words the essence of that beer like they're calling out yes. things that are this is important to this beer this should be here but it's not or this is not here and but it actually still works somehow or you know then and, and they'll comment on things that are important to that beer right and and talk about why it works and then yeah. that that's where we get to the the overall impression slash um you know suggestions for improvement and don't ever forget suggestions for improvement because that's you know overall impression is like okay the pleasure of drinking this beer it's kind of a big picture description this is also where you can get some kind of wiggle room it's like well it has all the marks but there's something that's kind of missing or it's you know you have a little leeway where overall impression is like I, this beer hit all the marks but somehow it's just not quite there for me there's something missing and you might you might not be thinking of it but what really stands out in the beer and what is what is its strength and what is its weakness and how good of an example is it to the declared style? Try to give some comment. You usually, usually want to be giving some kind of compliment, being positive about the beer, even if it's followed by some mention of the deficiencies and how to fix them. So a lot of people are entering them. They might not know the deficiencies are there. Some people can't taste diacetyl. They don't know what it tastes like. It's, you know, but if it's there, you call it out, you tell them how to fix it, and then maybe they'll be more careful about their diacetyl rests the Hopefully. next time mm-hmm. uh but yeah what did you like in the beer what did you think needed improvement if it's not a 50 point beer you need to give some feedback as well to tell them how to improve it it's a 49 well how do you get to that 50 i don't know add a little bit more of this a little bit more of that if you get a really defective beer your feedback's going to be a lot longer you're going to be talking about a lot of different things that went into making that beer and how to fix each of those things. And you can even write on the back of the score mm-hmm. sheet. If you want to like, draw a little I do that all over. the time. It's and the Rogers St. Denis uh, thing. And I will all, I will write on the back all the time. And you know what, uh, Brian, and not to uh, jump, I was jumping yeah. in for just a second. Don't be afraid to score a beer over 40. If you believe it's over 40 or over 45, over 45, you know, if it is, you know, there's kind of those soft limits of like 17 at the lower end and 45 at the higher end that judges kind no, of no, acquire. No. If it's outstanding. The thing it's is, world class beer. Like this is the best Meritson I've ever had. And you know how I got to be it's a master points, level judge whatever. and higher was just to be like, fuck it. This is what I taste, and I don't care if anybody. I'm not gonna. I, I don't care if because when sometimes when you're starting off, you're like, oh, I don't want to give this beer a 44. Because what, what if, if the other judges, if the other judges laugh at me and they scored at 20 and I'm not getting something? I've been there. And when you have that confidence to be like, yo, fuck it. This is what I taste. This is good. This beer, I, I think this is a 44. Uh, it, it can be scary when you're younger or newer or starting off to score a beer really high. Yeah, don't, for sure. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just okay. you know, write what you taste. So then you just total the scores, you know. Total your scores, check your math. If you totaled above 50, you've added your math wrong. Mm. Um, <laughs> that give this beer is 64. The, the, the take home is uh, to definitely use uh, specific descriptors. Really, don't be vague. Don't say, well, maybe some diacetyl or, may, you know, don't guess what's there. Just tell them what you perceive and at what level it is. And, and for God's sake, don't leave any blank space. I have a hard time leaving not writing in the extra lines under the blanks and and into the next section in the margins because there's always something to comment on. There's so much you can say about any beer that you taste. And if you can't, I'll help you get there. We we can help educate you and we help That's educate right. judges here locally. You appear to have sparged through microwave popcorn. Uh, no, another error is kind of don't not give a thing. don't give ranges. This the you know, it's not going to be low to no hop aroma or medium to high 
carbonation, it's either medium high or maybe medium medium high if you want to get specific. Oh damn. Whatever. Don't ever write medium medium See, high. I'm not sure what mm. medium medium high means. Mm. And I'm North Well, Northwest. I'm there was a beer tonight baffled. where I said it was like medium bodied plus. It was like a little more than medium bodied. It wasn't medium high. I can be that specific. It's not that hard to do. Um, you know, but just don't give ranges, say very low or medium high or wherever it's at. And then you get to the bottom, there's the check boxes for classic example versus not style on the stylistic accuracy. Uh, technical merit is flawless and or significant flaws. And there's five mm -hmm. boxes for that. And then intangibles is another kind of like, well, where is it uh, kind of subjective stuff? Like, is it wonderful or lifeless? What's, mm -hmm. you know, it can be perfectly flawless, but, but still somehow just a little meh. Or it can be flawed, but you love it. In which case, you know, hey, it's like, you know, that's what that, that thing is for. I love popcorn beer. Exactly. But, yeah, if it's, you know, just check the box. Uh, you know, if, if check a box there always and, and find where it's at. And then check the boxes on the left if you've commented on those things. But really, that's about it. I you love know, it. Just kind of look at everything that's there. Everything that, that you need to put on there is requested on the sheet. But also try to try to use good wording and try to be descriptive when you talk about your beers. The the beer judge yes. uh, exam is is graded on your perception of the beer beer versus um, uh, you know the the proctors that judge it with you mm -hmm. and how well you you did that, how well you described the beer. Um, you know it's it's a, a perce perception descriptive descriptive ability. Uh, your scoring accuracy. And those aren't two separate dimensions. You know, your ability to describe and, and, uh, against right. your ability to perceive what other experienced judges are perceiving. Right. And and your feedback and um, uh, your completeness. So yes. I've kind of covered completeness. Like, that's something that I'd like to focus You've on. you covered completeness, Brian? Yeah, I think are we should. Um, We're this, done. Th JP's getting tired. Oh, I'm falling asleep. There's uh, there's a lot in here that we could focus on in, t you know, in certain sections and take 15 minutes specifically on, like, mouthfeel. Oh, well, we, we could, could drink a beer dude, and talk, talk about it. So we could do about this. So we'll do more of these kind of series in the future, but... For this one, we sort of wanted to, and I say we, um, do a general overview about what these sections are and and how to how to address it, you know, properly and, and parse what you're getting back from yeah. the, the competition. Yeah. All right, I think it's time to go, everybody. I'm tired. You're tired. Mm. We're all tired together. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's MDA is kicking in. Uh, Indiana. I don't know, I, my, I don't know why my, my I pick on that, but yeah. Send right um, send us beer, Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. Give yep. me an email. Do it. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you.